If you're the kind of person who's a little bit shy on camera and you know it's the secret sauce to attracting your dream customers when being on video, well, today's guest, Kelsey Moore, is going to help you achieve just that. Stick around. Have you ever heard a story that just made you feel, wow, I'm ready, I'm fired up? A story that captures everyone's attention and gets you to spread it to all your friends? Or how about a story that creates real impact and connection with the audience? Why do stories do this? And how can we create stories like this in business? I've been obsessed with figuring these questions out. I've been starting and failing multiple online businesses now for two years, struggling to find an audience I truly wanted to serve. It wasn't until I discovered my dream customers were struggling with these exact questions, except I didn't know where to find these people. I hopped on a plane to the US to attend a marketing conference that I met my dream customers, and I saw firsthand how powerful stories really are. After that, I went all in on my hunch. If you're looking for the real secrets behind how stories can get your audience fired up, to take action, and to change their lives through your words, this podcast is for you. My name is Jules Dan, and this is Storytelling Secrets. Okay, so we all know the importance of video marketing. It builds a lot of trust, credibility, and authority because you're there on screen. And the problem is that it can take a few years to take those training wheels off and appear really confident on camera, especially if you want to talk to someone directly, like the the dream client you want to talk to and you may have some insecurities, confidence issues and I want to tell you from experience from about three years of group fitness instructing, hundreds of classes, presenting in front of people and talking directly to people, all eyes on me. It took about 12 months to get over myself and, you know, feeling awkward or embarrassed if I made a mistake and that's one of the roadblocks that I reckon a lot of people would have is that the fear that they'll make a mistake on camera and people will judge them. So, not everyone's made out for video. That's why you might hear people say, if you're a better writer, stick to a blog. If you prefer to be, you know, faceless but you're still good at talking, go audio like a podcast. And if you're an extrovert, go on video. Um, but the disadvantage of that is what if you want to take advantage of all the benefits of video but you're not that great in front of the camera. You don't have that video presence. Okay, so my guest today, Kelsey Moore, she's a video presence coach and she's all about helping purpose-driven entrepreneurs show up on camera, helping them look good, helping them feel confident and uh, helping them get their message across in a way that's really compelling and attractive. So I won't preamble this anymore. I'm going to leave it to it. And if you're the kind of person who really wants to you know, get into this, get better at um, video confidence and presence, then I highly recommend you go download uh, Kelsey's freebie. It's going to be in the description below. And I'll mention it as well at the end of the podcast, just in case you forget. But otherwise, this is my conversation today with Kelsey Moore. All right. Welcome back to Storytelling Secrets. My name is Jules Dan, and I'm here joined by Kelsey Moore, a camera confidence coach. Um, Kelsey, welcome to the show. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. No problemo. And you know, I really want to start off this conversation because we're, there's a few different things we could have gone down. Um, and the first part, I think it's going to be the thing that's going to tie into our first topic conversation is your story and how it's your, your journey and it's your secret source. So I love you could tell um, my audience a bit of a snapshot of your journey, your story, um, and how you got to where you are right now. Yeah, thank you. Um, I think so often 
people, people think, you know, how, how do I stand out online? How do I be different or better than all the other people doing the same thing that I'm doing, right? It's like, well, it all really comes down to no one else has had your exact same experience, like the same journey that's shaped your thoughts. And so my story of I started my career in a correctional facility is going to be really different than somebody else who's starting their entrepreneurship journey. Like maybe, maybe there's a couple of people who have a similar background. And so that's one of the reasons why I love getting to share my story, really how I got started in things and really kind of allowing permission for other people to see, oh, even if this doesn't seem really similar or like something other people would have experienced, they can still find themselves in the uniqueness of the story because the more detailed we are, the more universally relatable it is. So tell me if you guys, if you listen to this, please let me know on Instagram. If you can see in my weird story, I'm going to share here in a second. If you can see yourself, you know, maybe in a similar emotional situation of something that you've had to work through and overcome. So I started my, my first like adult job out of college, I was, uh, man, 21, 22, 22 years old. Like, you know, you're, we're young, young chickens at that time. Like we graduate and just kind of have to go figure out all of the adulting things. And so I was very excited to take the first job that was offered to me, which was working as a teacher. And then a couple years later, I moved into the position of a case manager in an adult male correctional facility. So at the end there, I was managing a caseload of about 25 adult male felons. And really why this is the beginning of my my journey into entrepreneurialism, even though it was maybe five years before I really had like this business that I'm Mm -hmm. more known for now as a video presence coach for entrepreneurs, it really started one night in our old building, which which is an old tuberculosis hospital and my office is about 9 p.m. There's a thunderstorm outside, literally rain dripping in through my window. And I have a, a client who's about, like a 300-pound guy who is coming out of a 25-year sentence for murder, just barged into my office, completely irate, fully, just so angry, so belligerent, just busts in and starts shouting at me. There's some error in this paperwork. Something's not, he's like, I'm never going to get out of here. And all of this rage just being mm. poured onto me. And this isn't a particularly unique experience. Like these nights like this happened way more frequently than I would ever like. But, you know, I do what I can to de-escalate the situation and like, okay, cool. We can actually fix this like clerical error and get it taken care of right away. It's really not going to be that big of a deal. But his emotions are completely spiked. Didn't know how this was going to go. Literally started reaching for a pair of scissors in my desk just in case. Like I wasn't sure how this moment of heightened emotions was, was going to go. And thank goodness that we were able to have, actually I had a colleague walk by in that moment and just really calm everybody down and get him out of my office. But I sat there in that moment. It was a pivotal moment. It was a, a, just a transitioning moment in time for me where I realized like this is not the life that I actually want to build for myself. And I sat there and I, grabbed a a notebook and I I started to write out a list of things that used to make me happy. What are things I like doing? What are things I enjoy? What do I want more of in my life? And at this time, I had never heard of any, I didn't know any entrepreneurs. I I never heard of any personal development or mindset work. I didn't know anything about like meditation or tools to help us cope through emotional things. Like I didn't know any of that at this time. And it just 
shifted something. It turned on a light bulb and, and started making me question my behaviors and the way that I was making decisions. And that moment was really a pivotal switch into my now ongoing journey of five years of pursuing acting, personal development, and entrepreneurialism, where, you know, recently I've been able to, over the last year, year and a half, really merge those three concepts, those three passions of mine into being this video presence coach for entrepreneurs. Awesome. So all this sort of started from that guy barging into the room and Mm -hmm. maybe it was after, but you just sort of figured, how do I deal with this better at an emotional (laughs) level? So I can, because this is, like you said, this is happening in a common occurrence, um, and it's really I'm inter- sick of this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, like, it's really interesting because my story, I wasn't in a correctional facility facility. Um, but my sort of journey, I guess would start from, I wasn't reading books at all, but I became very curious about finance. And my, I was just asking my friends all these questions. He's like, why yeah. don't you just read a book and then you'll find out yeah. I, I was 21, 22, just like you. And that's where it, you know, one book leads to another and then yes. inspired to read another one. And then you realize, oh, business is actually a, a way to get some freedom in your life. Let <laughs> yeah. me explore that. There are other options out there. What? <laughs> like, mm. who knew? Exactly. It's a pretty cool rabbit hole to go down, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so, okay. So after, after you sort of read a couple of books and you try to um, bring in those three different things, what was your first business venture? What did that look like? Yeah. So really it was maybe more like 50 books and, you know, hundreds of hours of watching, you know, YouTube videos. And when I discovered podcasts, that was so exciting and just became such like an obsessive little nerd. And I was like Mm -hmm. (laughs) telling everybody, I was like, do you listen to podcasts? Do you listen to this one? Like, this is so cool. There are people out there talking about all of these different brilliant ideas and these things that are exciting and and a new way of thinking. And it was, it was so eye opening. And so over the course of years reading just all of these, so many books. And now I, and now I feel like my running list of books that I want to read is nonstop. <laughs> it's like always so hard to, I can't read as fast as I want to, but um, I, I started to condense all of that information. And I, I was like, this, this, this paradigm shifting mindset work of allowing me to see possibility and choice through another lens for what's possible, for what the potentials hold has completely changed my life and has completely changed the way that I feel about other people, that I feel about myself, that I feel about future, that I feel about hope and optimism. It, it, it's changed like the innermost soul and mind and heart that I have. So therefore, there must be value in this for other people as well. So I, when I first started, you know, digging into the entrepreneurial side, I, I spent years learning everything about, you know, I, that I could about websites and funnels and landing pages and lead magnets and Facebook ads and all of those pieces of it, the marketing sides. And my yep. first course that I launched that I put together in there was a summary essentially of the most valuable pieces of information that I derived from all of these books all of these video contests, all of these podcast episodes. And I put all of that into, you know, a five week course or something like this is the personal development that will change your life. And I was so on fire for it. And so damn shy. I had no power behind my messaging, sharing it online. I like did the right things, you know, I, like I built the funnel and I had the tech and I had the course and I loved what I made, but Mm -hmm. I, I had no real, 
energy or voice behind it. I was so hiding for like another two years where every little setback, I'd be like, oh, well that, you know, that means, that means this isn't for me. And all of the fears and those self-doubts kicked in so hard. Yep. So, and I'm just curious as well, when you had those little setbacks, did you have maybe family members or friends who, who just didn't understand were just like, what are you doing? Or maybe yes. give up or something like that? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Nobody knew what I was doing. I would like, oh, I would go, I would go to brunch or something with a girlfriend and be like, you know, hey, how's work going? I'm like, well, I mean, I guess work's fine. Mostly during every free moment, I'm working on my business. You know, it's like, oh, what's your business? It's like, well, I'm, you know, going to be an online coach and entrepreneur, like on, on the Well, internet. I still haven't made any money yet, but. Right, but. That's <laughs> the story like, of everyone's first two, three years. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. And I think like, just if that's you, give yourself so much grace for that, because that is, I swear, everyone's story and yep it's my story too so yeah yeah like it's definitely a very common thing i I would say i've seen only a small percentage of people who i've seen are just Mm -hmm. they get it they understand like you said they know how to be confident on camera they understand marketing they know how to sell they know how to track the right people and Mm -hmm. they everyone's just like far out why can't i just be like that (laughs) and uh, it's the growing period yeah yeah. Um, and it only like, maybe would you agree with this Kelsey? Um, after you've been like one, two, three years and you see how many people are actually struggling and how few people who are just like the person, this dream person I described, um, they're, they're, they're quite uncommon. However, they keep coming up in your social media feeds, which is a bit self-defeating in a sense. And it's why people may feel like their progress is so slow, but really isn't. Right, right. It really isn't. I mean, usually people start sharing the numbers and things like that after, after they've hit certain numbers, after they've reached a certain level of success. So that's usually more of what we see. And depending on you know, kind of depending on what you're selling and who you're selling to, uh, you know, you might, if you're a business coach, like you have to be able to build up your numbers to a certain point before you can use your numbers to attract other people. So you grow and, and elevate essentially with your clientele. Mm. So you're going to be marketing to, and that's where your price point increases because then you're marketing to and advertising to a different level of person Yeah. based on like you both going through that growth journey. And it really can feel defeating, but I think it's such a, a good time to go back to like Malcolm Gladwell's outliers where the 10,000 hours makes you an expert. That's 10 years of dedicated, dedicated time and energy and effort and learning and growth. So I would say if you haven't been in the game for a decade yet, you're early, like stop, stop it. Stop comparing yourself and thinking, oh my God, it's been six months. Oh my God, it's been four years. Oh, it's been six years. I'm a failure. I can't do this. This is for everybody else. Like, no, most of these people started a decade ago. Yep. Most of them. And it is, it is absolutely necessary for us to mitigate our expectations and our perception of people's journeys and experiences. Yeah, yeah, absolutely agree. And um, one thing I want to sort of like leapfrog from there is that um, maybe it's that it's people, like you said, you want to use people's journey as a secret source. But uh, I've been in this situation. Um, it's like, how do I use my story to attract the right people if I don't have those numbers like all those other entrepreneurs I'm seeing online like I don't feel like I'm worthy to teach these people so 
how would you how would you um, spin it in a way so you might crush these mindset blocks um, yeah. if you were to teach this to somebody? So it's really going to be, are are you are you in a position that you should be teaching this content? If that answer is yes, great. Then we can take it on to the next step. But if the answer is no, then it means we legitimately have more experience or education to do. And I think sometimes people preach like so far on the one end where it's like, you don't need another certification. You don't need to wait, you know, another year or something before you launch this course, this business. It's like, maybe, maybe you do. You actually have to be an authority and have expertise in what you're talking about. Meaning you have to know at a bare minimum, 10% more than the person you're teaching it to. Because usually what we want to do, and so this should actually give some hope, because what we want to do is be just a few steps ahead of the person we're teaching so that one, they can understand us, understand the languaging and the jargon that we're using and be on the same page and see, okay, I can like reach my hand up, you can reach your hand back and you can help, you know, lift me and walk me and guide me to get to that level where you're at. And then at some point that clientele, they're going to either, you know, surpass you or you're just going to continue to grow and elevate together. But you don't want to be so far leaps and bounds ahead of the, pe- the people that you're trying to reach and serve because that gap's going to be too huge. You're not going to be able to speak directly to them. Yep. And that provides a lot of opportunity when you're more in the beginning stages because there's people who haven't even begun yet. So does that, does that help? Does that kind of make sense where you have to gauge who it is that you're serving to know if you're qualified to help them. It does. Um, and I have a question to follow up with that. So does that mean that you would recommend if someone is just a few steps ahead, even though when we're told by lots of marketing gurus, write down your favorite client to, to um, take you, take yourself through your perfect day. Um, and some people will be like, Oh, they're just describing like this really idealistic client. Like they've got a successful business. They're doing, I don't know, six figures a year already. Um, but from what you're saying is that it's probably a good idea for your confidence, um, that you should be just helping people who are just a few steps behind you because it would not make any sense. Well, I think it's going to depend on your capability, you know, because confidence can, confidence is an emotion that we can pull in when we need to, but really needs to be your capability. So if you're, you know, so, okay. So here's an example. So I can using myself, cause I really can only know from my perspective, right? Uh, I'm a video presence coach. So I have much more knowledge and practice and expertise and experience in camera work specifically uh, that, and everything I teach is founded in this place of mindset, right? So I have my specific way of teaching it, mm-hmm. but the content and skill that I teach, I have much um, more capability in that than so many other marketers and entrepreneurs and business coaches who might make way more money than me. They might be 20 steps higher up on that money ladder than I am, but my capability and expertise in that particular subject is a few steps at least ahead of theirs Mm -hmm. where I can help teach them that. So it has to just be in that skill set. So if you're a business coach helping somebody hit, you know, 10 K months, but you yourself have never hit 10 K months, that feels most likely uh, um, irresponsible and out of integrity because how can you validate that? If you have this system and this process of, you know, helping other people 
reach these numbers, reach these goals, then really yeah. you need to figure it out how to do it for yourself. How can you validate? That's uh, I think that's a key sort of phrase you just said that it makes a lot of sense. Um, okay. Now I wanted to shift gears a bit. So let's just say someone's kind of new and they haven't had much experience on, on video before. Can you talk about maybe why it's really important to nail your video presence, your confidence mm-hmm. first before jumping into other stuff? Or is that the first thing you might focus on? Yes. Oh, great question. I love this. Yes. Okay. So, so many people teach in life and business. I generally love this advice where you're never really going to feel ready. Jump in, do it. And the practice of doing it will make you better. Right? Like that's a great like imperfect action sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Take massive imperfect action. Right. Because the the doing is what's going to make you better. Thinking Mm -hmm. about something isn't going to make us better. So I value that uh, intention. Now with camera, we do legitimately need to be careful with this where the lens is this awesome, like magical portal. It's so cool where Mm -hmm. we can feel and experience somebody's energy just by watching them through a camera. I'm, I mean, that's, think about when you watch amazing film and television, yeah. you know, and we get to experience, we can feel, have you ever cried watching a movie? Have you ever gotten the chills? Have you ever felt like you just beat up the bad guy? Like you feel what they feel. Absolutely. And yeah, it's, it's so powerful. It's why I get so excited about it. It's such an amazing visual medium. And when you're the performer. And if you're an entrepreneur, you are the actor and the director of your business. Like you're the star, you're the lead and you're helping then become when they hire you, you're becoming the guide then for your, your client to become the hero and the lead of their own story. Right? Mm -hmm. So if you're showing up in front of the lens in a way that's insecure, that's nervous, that's anxious, that's self-deprecating, that's, you know, got all the self-doubt chatter in the back of your mind and it's clouding like the way that you're coming across, they're going to feel that. The audience will feel that and be like, oh, okay, well, she doesn't seem certain of what she's sharing with me. So therefore, can I even trust her? So it's all this, okay. Um, very, very good point. So getting over your own insecurities and self-image is one of the first things you should focus on before hopping on camera. Because like you said, the camera is what translate or it, it's a feedback mechanism almost. And um, yes, it, at the start, you know, people probably see that you might be anxious or nervous and it might not be the best place to start. Like, and it could actually work out. Like you could, many people actually have gone in the road of being extremely awkward and anxious on camera. Um, but like you said, if you get these foundations first done, then your, you know, your rise is going to be a lot more, lot, lot faster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. And you, the thing is, it's like, we want to see your personality your personality traits, your quirks, the things about you that like are your, I, I don't know, your unique identifying factors. We, we like that. So for a lot of people, when they're kind of that anxious and nervous, it can be in an enduring way where it's like, okay, that's great, but I can still see the authenticity of their passion coming through for what they're sharing. That's powerful. That's usually fine. It's when somebody is so distracted that they're coming across very fake on camera. Like they almost have this persona that they're trying to be somebody else. And it's usually 
that stifling energy that's coming from some sort of uh, self-doubt mind chatter in the background. Yep, 100%. So I, I really want to touch on that because um, being really confident in what you have to say, like you actually know what, you know, yes. inside out what you're about that to conviction. explain yes. is, is so important because I actually come from a group fitness background. I was a group fitness instructor and um, it made... I, I luckily I've had the um, the pleasure of presenting in front of people every single day, and so just being confident in front of people, it all came down to you know, do you know the program and do you know what you're about to present? Yeah. And do yeah. you not care if you make a mistake and people right. um, judge you? Um, because I, I found those are the two ingredients to just being like magnetic. Everyone was just like took everything what you in took took everything what you said very seriously. And there were very few sort of errors along the way. Um, be curious to hear your take on sort of like your key ingredients. Oh, I love that. I think that's fantastic. I mean, I always teach if you're speaking from a place of certainty, of conviction, mm-hmm. then, then you're solid. You know, really, that's the gold. That's where your power and your magic comes from. You're not going to be distracted by, oh, did I say um? Did I twitch funny? (laughs) Like, do I look perfect? You know, all of that stuff that really doesn't matter. It's not about being a news anchor, right? (laughs) They're like, I'm going to be hyper-professional and super polished and not make any mistakes. No, it's you're speaking from a place of, I believe in this. I know what I'm talking about. And I feel, um, I feel the emotion of confidence sharing this information because I know what I'm talking about. I believe in it and I'm excited to share it with you. Yep. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. hundred percent agree with you. All right. So we've talked about a lot about the, you know, that why it's important and some critical elements. What are maybe some exercises or some steps you might recommend to someone who isn't as confident as they want to be, or they just want to level up with their, their video presence. Yeah. So one of my favorite exercises that I have a lot of my clients do is and we kind of touched on this earlier a little bit with the idea of the perfect client, that ideal avatar. Yeah. So if you know exactly whether you've experienced them in real life or not, maybe they haven't come into your business yet, or you're really just getting started. But if you know the idea of who that person is, that really is like your, your soulmate level, perfect client, like your awesome, amazing client, you get so excited to when they send you a message, when you get to work with them, when you get to hop on the phone with them, like you know that they have respect and compassion for you, same mm-hmm. as you do for them. So you know you have this grace if you feel like you say something kind of dumb or you need to think about something for a second because you, you're an expert in what you do, right? We've already established how important that is and you know that you can help them. So, you, so you've built in the sense of, okay, this is my real ideal soulmate client. I want you to show up in your videos with the energy as though you are speaking to them and just them, like the one person. So what I have people do is take a sticky note and paste it right up underneath your lens and write their name on it. So you have their name at the forefront of your mind at all times when you're making your video content. Yep. hundred um, percent. It, it's, it's almost like, when you're writing to those people as well, like you want those avatars in front of you just so you can get a real good understanding of like, who is that person you're talking to? Mm -hmm. Um, And just out of curiosity, how long did it take for you until you found, until you you wrote down all those 
perfect client avatar descriptions? How long did it take for you to stumble across it? Oh, I think I, I mean, I probably went through maybe four or five iterations of kind of figuring out who that person is. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And I really, I really, to my clients, I don't teach it in a way of demographics, which I think a lot of business coaches do. And mm-hmm. I don't vibe with that. I, I mean, I can have a generalized idea. It's usually women in their thirties or forties, but even that's still pretty open and vague, but a lot of people are like, no, um, what do they read? You know, where are they located? How many kids do they have? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't care. Yeah. I, when I started to switch it to being what type of person are they? What do they value? What, uh, you know, do we match energetically? Like, Those would that kinds be my best friend? Yeah. That's a little more ethereal than so demographic. Mm. So yeah, this is really interesting because um, not many people sort of go in to say they talk about the perfect ideal avatar. And like you said, it's really important for having this person in front of you so you can be mm-hmm. your best uh, confident self in front of the camera. So um, w- can I ask why did it take three or four, four or five inter- iterations? Um, what happened to the first one, two, three times? Like what lessons did you learn along that way? Yeah. I, I learned a lot of lessons, I suppose, <laughs> tweaking my copying and my copywriting and, and still do. I mean, it's, I think it's always evolving and challenging me and making sure like I'm showing up for her. But really, it, I never felt so connected to her. Like I actually knew really who she was. I could write her down on paper. I could see it in front of me, but I couldn't feel it. I didn't have that emotional connection to it. Mm. So I was like, okay, maybe this isn't right. Maybe I didn't, maybe I didn't do this correctly. Right. Like we think we're turning in for a grade and some, some internet marketing teacher is going to be like, okay, you get an A on this. Like, that's not, that's not how it works. Like you write copy and you put it out there and you test it and you see how things go and how the feedback is. And so it really wasn't until I started to shift the way that I thought about who my audience is and who I want my audience to be and actually start to kind of shape it and mold it to be like, Oh, now I get it. Now it's a person who I have shared values with. It's not about, do they like this in this book? There are so many books out there. Like we can all, we can all like these different books, but I need to know if we're going to have the same sort of energetic match, even if we're maybe not actually similar. Okay. And all these sort of things like your energetic match, um, while you're reiterating, getting clearer, were you sort of like dropping seeds or dropping hints in your content while you're on camera who, without literally telling them, Hey, I want you to be this, but you were just sort of dropping little hints and seeds saying like, this is the person I am. And then therefore you repelled to attract in a sense. Yes. 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 The way we do that is through our personality through who it is that we actually are not trying to pretend to be somebody else by using our story, our journey, our actual experiences, and simply the language that we use. So you'll notice like even in this conversation, I, I've created separation between me and like news anchors, something being hyper polished or uber professional, right? Yeah. So I'm already creating juxtaposition. I use language like soulmate client. So you can already tell uh, I use the word ethereal. So simply by some words that we're dropping in there, speaking from our, our true self, people yep. can start to get an idea of, oh, 
I either think this gal's super weird, not really for me, meh, or, oh my God, she just spoke directly to me. Like, like, and you as the viewer, the listener, like, oh, this is so my person. And we get really excited. And that is what builds the energetic connection. Yeah. So for, for the listeners, she just dropped a really mm. nice big golden nugget. It's um, you strategically want to use words that attract the right people. Um, yes. Occasionally, <laughs> yes. I like to swear in my content because that's just who I want to attract. People who mm-hmm. are not so uptight about stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not talk about politics at all for that reason because I don't want to attract those sort of people because um, mm-hmm. I'm not interested in that. So, yeah. Yep. All, Same. All great, great, great lessons. Um, last, I wanted to sort of like touch on the last thing. Um, it's in our notes here and that's maybe we've, really go over, we've gone over it before, but um, discovering your charisma and charm. Yes. So really this does kind of tie back to when we mentioned, you know, your kind of quirky traits. Uh, so when yep. you're, you know, meeting with your friends or you're uh, particularly when you're with your clients, but I kind of want you to pay attention to it when you're with people who you're very comfortable with, what are some of your isms? Like the little, like the little kind of silly or funny things that you do that you can now build an awareness around and see, oh, maybe other people don't quite do that. Like that's a me thing, right? And you start paying attention to that and you realize, okay, that's actually maybe part of what makes me charming or that's part of my charisma. That's something that's my personality coming out in a brighter way and shining a little bit more where people really get to see the authentic me. And in, in, in my course, I have a, really, a couple of really specific ways that we help draw that out. But if you just start to keep it simple here, is if you just start paying attention to what are some of your quirks and individual traits when you're hanging out with people you're really comfortable with, use those. Show yeah. them on camera. Yep. Yep. And you can also ask your friends, like, why do you like me? Um, yeah. you know, what, what made you want to be friends with me in the first place? And they're like, no, I like, don't know. And then they say, I don't know. Like, all right, here's another beer. Now tell me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, what is so it? That's my quirkiness right there. I'm just bringing it out. So that kind of came up. <laughs> I think that's fantastic. <laughs> all right. Great. I reckon that's a great way to end it. Kelsey, um, I would absolutely love it if you could um, yeah, tell my audience where they can find you. I know we've got a, a bit of a freebie, freebie guide for them as well. So I'd love you could just you know tell the audience a bit, that, a bit about that as well. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, definitely. If this episode has been exciting for you, you for sure, for sure want to grab that freebie. So I believe I shared with you, I have a video training series right now that at this time is completely free. So I would grab it up right now while you can. It is the Entrepreneur's On Camera Cure. So -hmm. it is just such a good video training into how to get started, how to start implementing some of these shifts and start watching it. Listen to this episode and please tag me, find me on Instagram at Kelsey underscore more. That is my favorite when people come on over there and say hi and tag me in something. It's very exciting. <laughs> Great. Thanks a lot, Kelsey. I'm going to put all that in the description. We've got your freebie, got your website and uh, definitely jump onto that free video course. Thanks a lot, Kelsey, for coming on to Storytelling Secrets. Thanks so much. Hey, so I hope you enjoyed that episode today. I know camera confidence and being confident camera is just one of those things where you have to do it. You have to get better at it because who, let's face it, going into the next decade, there's going to be so much more video, video content out there. You have to nail this. So that's why I highly recommend you go out and grab Kelsey's 
um, freebie below. It's going to help you get started with camera confidence, uh, video presence. Um, I think it's one of the most valuable skills you can learn because so many people suck at it and it's, it's easy to learn. It just takes a bit of a mindset switch. But otherwise, that's it for today's episode. I hope you can join me for next week's Monday solo episode and I'll see you later. Thanks for tuning in to Storytelling Secrets. If you love the show, come leave me a review on iTunes. Otherwise, if you have any burning questions, you want something answered on the podcast, shoot me a message at info at julesdan.com. I'm going to leave that below. I'm very open to suggestions and I'm happy to hear what you've got. Otherwise, thanks a lot. I'll see you next week.